Hey guys, so um, God, this is like the opening line of the season. Um, apologies for um, lack of podcasting. Um, there really is no reason. I just, well, I guess I get really tired at altitude. I just sleep a lot. Um, this is actually the worst time of year you could say to train in Flagstaff as well because it's just so hot, like like unbearably hot almost um, to the extent where, believe me, I've never ever been the kind of person that runs with like a, you know, a water pack or, you know, carrying fluids, but you get, you basically get about a mile into a run at the minute and your mouth is already dry. And um, I seem to be quite a, I mean, I, I don't know if the phrase is like a big sweater or a heavy sweater, but, um, you know, I've noticed when I'm finishing runs, like my shorts or like my hat yesterday after the long run, there was just quite a lot of salt. And, um, so I just have to be careful that I'm putting in a good camp to build for the Olympics, but I'm not like overdoing it by, you know, just like losing maybe maybe sweating too much or um I think it's easy to fall into the pattern of overdoing it for an Olympics. Not that I've ever, you know, tried before. This is obviously my first ever Olympic build up, but I think a lot of people fall into a trap of um the hype of the Olympics, which, you know, it the hype is real. It's the Olympics. It's the you know, the biggest platform that you could possibly perform at um and so then what tends to happen is you um over train and and over push things and and maybe you just sort of overcook it you could say and that seems quite relative when you're training somewhere that's seven thousand feet of altitude um by 9 a.m it's 30 celsius um and and it just adds so the way to the way to look at training and and running when it's race day and it's hot or it's humid or even if it was altitude or anything like this you'd you'd be willing on race day or at least you should be willing on race day to um make sacrifices to your goals so you know if if you if you were going to race a marathon um let's say it was london marathon and and you know like 2018 i think it was and it's and it's really hot and um you you should have been willing to make some sacrifices on your goals you should have looked at the weather um nowadays things like weather charts actually exist if you go to google you can search um you can search altitude as well but you can type in um pretty much what the weather is and how much you should basically slow down let's call it expectations rather than rather than speed let's call it expectations and so if your speed and expectation was already ambitious which let's be honest most of us with our goals and our our projections of what we can handle is usually fucking ambitious um well then all of a sudden if the weather's working against you now the point I'm trying to make here is when you go to a race, you're normally willing to do that. But when you train at home, 
you're not as willing to do that. So for don't ask me why that is. I really don't know. But I'm the exact same. So if I'm training at home and it's a hotter day than usual, um, I, I never really think about slowing my splits. I just think, well, I just fucking go do it. Um, and, and so my, my real goal for this next, um, it's only four more weeks, but you know, it was six weeks at altitude. I've already done, um, two of those weeks. My goal is to train hard because it's, you know, it's an Olympic games and, and I want to, I want to feel like I've trained hard. And when I look back at what I did before London for, for weeks and weeks and weeks, like. When you go, when I track back 16 weeks before London, honestly, for for seven weeks, it was so easy to like better the training, if that's a if that's a word. So what I was trying to do was make my training build up for the Olympics slightly better or smarter or or more specific than than what I did for London. And that, you know, I, I really shouldn't need to explain that. London went really well. Um, that seems a really obvious and smart and important thing to do. Um, but the problem is for like six, seven weeks, it was, like I said, really, really easy to better the training. And, and that's because I was in Belfast and I was, you know, maybe running over um the more mountains or you know maybe i was drinking four or five bottles of red wine a week and running 50 mile and and so for for ages there it was really easy um to make the training slightly better than what i did before london but the problem now is about two weeks ago i flew to um font during the london build-up and joined you know, Andrew Butchard and Bashir Abdi and Mo Farah and, and all of a sudden, like the training was really quite fucking hard. And so I'm trying to manage um, not falling behind the London buildup because it clearly worked, um, but also not getting too fatigued. This is a higher altitude. Um, there's, there's certain things we would have done in font um, including the long, fast, hard runs on a Sunday. But if you're at 5,000 feet altitude, which is, that's the altitude that we would have ran at on a Sunday in France. If you're running at 5,000 feet altitude, you can, you can push a little bit harder. So you can, you can, I mean, I was chatting to the, the guy I've been training with is a guy called Matt Lano um, and he actually runs, he's a 211 marathon runner, a 61 minute half marathon runner. And when I was chatting to him on Sunday, um, I, I was basically saying, you know, if we, if we ran at 5,000 feet altitude every Sunday, we could basically race each other every Sunday and, and we'd be okay. So, our bodies would recover, our, our bodies would, you know, spring back to life, you could say. But if you do that at 7,000 feet, and on a Sunday, we climb from 7,000 feet up to 8,000 feet. Um, and if you're racing or you're working, you know, too hard, I, I know for certain that you run the risk of your body not coming back to you so instead of getting very very fit 
for an Olympic Games, you basically end up like fucked, right? So you're trying to you're trying to balance the two. Now the reason we don't go lower, we could go to three thousand feet, we could go to five thousand feet. It's just too hot. So if we go to three thousand feet, it's like thirty five Celsius at like fucking eight AM um excuse my language, but it's not I don't think I've made a mistake because this is another thing you could look at. You could be like, okay, well, you know, did you make a mistake going to Flagstaff? Is was Flagstaff not the best place to prepare? And I don't, I don't think that's the case at all because you know Sapporo is going to be warm, and when you're when you're sitting in Belfast and you're looking at the weather for Sapporo. You're thinking, oh my God, this is going to be this is going to be hot. You know, it's going to be there's going to be humidity. Um, but when you're sitting in Arizona, which is, you know, the desert, you're looking at Sapporo, going, fuck, I might need a winter coat. Like seriously, like I'm not joking. I might find, you know, I seen the weather yesterday, and I seen it race. You know, at the at the at the time that we'd be warming up, and at the time that we'd be racing. That would be that would feel cool to me right now because we when we're warming up here it's like seven a.m. and it's it's already like twenty five Celsius and and you know by the time we're on the track or by the time we're on the road like I said it's like thirty so if you drop that back to sixteen Celsius all of a sudden I'm gonna think it's pretty it's pretty chilly and so so long as I manage the training load um safely and, and intelligently and um, don't overdo it you know my my big thing for this camp like I picked I picked a long run spot that's you know like I said it climbs from 7,000 feet pretty much up to 8,000 feet Um, it's seven mile up seven mile round the top and then seven mile back down and so the seven mile up is pretty tough the seven mile round the top is like rolling hills the steepest hill comes at around mile 13 or 14. It literally kills me. Like, when I'm running up this hill, I do not feel like a 209 marathon runner. In fact, I feel like I could barely break three hours for a marathon. It's that humbling. And I am I am barely able to keep running. It gets so steep and you're at such a high altitude. I, I, yeah, it, it kills me every single Sunday. But the, the reason I picked that was because I wanted, I wanted the altitude and I wanted the run to make me fit rather than me having to push to get really fit. And the reason I left sea level was because, you know, I was, I was able to go to Victoria Park and, and I was able to run. What did I do? I did like 20 miles at 518. You know, I did 18 miles and average 507. And I think I did 50 miles in Victoria Park in the space of 10 days. And the average pace would have been like 510 to 515 per mile, something like that. And and yes, it's not the pace I race at, but, you know, all things considered, when you're not tapering and, and you're doing everything I was doing, heat chamber, all this kind of stuff, um, you're actually in a really good place. But the problem is, the problem for me personally is I go home and I kind of have this little bit of a, 
let's call it a little bit of swag, right? You you know you're you're putting some bullshit cocky comment on your Strava activity, like you just think your shit doesn't stink. That's a really that's a really cool way to you know you're walking around like you like you like you've made it, like you've done something, um, and and that doesn't work for me. So I get lazy, I get a bit complacent. Um, it, I need to be humbled. And so when I'm, when I'm running up these hills on a Sunday and I'm being fucking humbled about, you know, I get to like mile 18 of that run yesterday and I'm running back up the hill and I'm so tired. I mean, so, so tired. And, and I'm just like, I actually have to take like a little bit of a walk at the top of the hill because I'm just done. Like my legs are done. My body's done. I'm dehydrated. I'm, I'm fucking knackered. It's, but like I get to the top of the little hill and I'm just like, oh, like why did I do this to myself? But, but then I remember that like I do it because like irrelevant to wanting to be good. I just like being in that situation that it's really, really testing. Versus like when I'm doing laps of Victoria Park, it it literally just comes down to whether or not I'm willing to do a few more laps versus can or can't. It gets to the point in these long runs at altitude that I literally can't keep going. I'm so tired. Um, versus in Victoria Park, it's more of a are you willing to mentally focus for another few laps? And um I have a feeling what happens at altitude and especially when I'm running uphill is like my, my greatest asset is running economy. So, you know, I have this really good running economy um, and it means when I'm when I'm in a really nice environment like Victoria Park and it's a flat loop and it's it's sea level. And anyone that doesn't know what the fuck I'm talking about when I say Victoria Park, it's a it's a one mile flat loop. Um, you know, <laughs> Katie, who, you know, I, I dated for, um, a year, um, you know, brilliant 1500 meter runner from Britain and um, 402, 1500 meter runner. She calls it a cheat lap. <laughs> and I think that's quite funny because she calls it a cheat lap because it, it literally is, it's as flat as you could possibly desire. It's pretty sheltered. And, you know, she makes a good point. It's a, it's a bit of a cheat lap. Um, but I just thought that was quite funny. I laughed my head off when she actually said that. Um, but you're, you can get a little bit comfortable on a lap like that. And my running economy, um, being my greatest asset means that I can just go there. I can put my heart rate at a pretty solid heart rate and I can just bang out laps, lap, 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 lap. And, you know, that's why I can do 18 miles. I can literally wake up on a Sunday morning um unplanned you know didn't didn't plan a hard run and i can just drive to the park and just literally like i said i just banged out 18 laps and average 507 or something like that yeah that's not the kind of thing you can do i think what happens on this loop at altitude here is my running economy kind of becomes redundant so um it's 7,000 feet altitude, it's, it's 30 Celsius, you're climbing altitude. I think uphill, I think if you were able to test my running economy uphill versus on the flat, it would change drastically. So what you probably find happens 
is as I'm running up the hills, up descending, up a hill, down a hill, blah, 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 my running economy becomes very ordinary. And once my running economy becomes very ordinary, all of a sudden I'm like, fuck, this is how like, this is how everybody must find running. Like, this is actually really hard. Um, And so all of a sudden I'm literally from mile one into this run on a Sunday, I feel, I just feel a little bit out of control, a little bit out of my depth, you could say. And that's a weird feeling for me because I'm used to, you know, I'm used to my, my body feeling good. I'm used to being, once I get in, it reminds me of cross country or something. And I'm pretty shit at cross country because I can never really build a rhythm. I'm like a rhythm runner. And I, in, in a place like Victoria Park, I can find this really nice rhythm and I just sit at that rhythm all day and it, and you know, it really works for me. I get into a really nice groove. It's not easy, but it's, it's manageable. And, and it's the same in a marathon. Once I'm in a marathon, I get into this rhythm and, and I just, you know, you've seen my splits, you've seen the consistency. Whereas this run on a Sunday is so fucking challenging for me because I just never, even on the downhill on the way back to the fucking car, I still feel out of control. It is mad. But here's the here's the point. You know, that was, that was a bit of rambling, but but the point is like if you want to be good at anything, you have to realize when you've got a bit too comfortable doing what you're doing. Okay? So change your loops up a bit, go to a hilly place, do a tempo around a grass field. If you get too comfortable doing what you're doing, chances are it's not helping you it might be helping your fitness move forward but you know racing isn't always as straightforward as you know maybe training would be or and so what happens is you go to a race and you know the race isn't a flat loop like victoria park and and you've become a bit obsessed by numbers and speed and um and in a place like victoria park or maybe your own you know, equivalent to what I'm talking about in Victoria Park. So maybe you have a flat loop at home that, you know, you really like and it's sheltered and you don't get windy. Or what I've seen a lot of people do over COVID is literally pick a point to point course that, you know, perhaps has a slight downhill or, you know, maybe it's a maybe you've got a tailwind the whole way. And look, I'm not saying there's never a time and place for that. If you've been struggling, um, if you haven't been able to hit your splits, and you know, some days you just need an easier day. But that's, I love that that's not me. So I purposely pick places that hurt me. And then I try, like my, my dream, it's not a dream, it's just pretty silly. My goal is that one of these weeks, I'm going to get to mile 13, I'm going to be at nearly 8,000 feet, and my goal is to fucking charge up this hill. Now, it'll probably never happen, because it's probably an unrealistic goal, because it's 8,000 feet, and because you've already ran 14 mile, and seven or eight mile of that has already been all uphill and it's not like I fuck about on the uphill like I don't save myself for this big hill that's coming up I like work like I work the whole fucking run um but my goal was to eventually get to that hill and instead of it like completely killing me every week so far 
I'm just going to fucking charge up it and get to the top and be like Rocky Balboa and be like, fuck you. <laughs> um, but inevitably, that's not going to happen because probably for the next four weeks that I do this run, I'm going to get to the top of it and have to psychologically um, rebuild my ego and self-esteem and realize that I'm actually a pretty good runner and don't really worry about what's happening on that hill. Um, but that's the point. You know, the point is on Saturday, I could have went and did an easy run. You know, I think I had four miles written in and I'm a little bit naughty for, you know, not doing just a easy four mile run because that's what was planned and, and there was a reason that was planned. But I actually just decided to go and run seven mile uphill and then seven mile back down. So I did 14 on the same loop that I was then going to do on the Sunday. And I guess that sort of speaks volumes for like my attitude towards training. There was a lack of discipline there for sure. And I'll not do it next week. But the point is, I, I kind of like, you know, I did this Instagram post and and like sometimes I like overemphasize things on Instagram and maybe sell it for a little bit more than it is. But, you know, does that not paint the picture? Instead of doing a four mile easy run, I went and did pretty much three quarters of the run that I was going to do on Sunday, which I knew really hurts me. And I seek that. I seek things that really hurt me because I know they make me better. And in the past, I wouldn't have done that. In the past, you know, I've often taken the easy way out um, instead of doing, I've literally planned six hilly runs, the same run every Sunday for the next six weeks. Whereas in the past, I would have preferred to go to the likes of Victoria Park or, or you know, go to the equivalent of Victoria Park for altitude, which is a little loop called Camp Verde. And it's flat and it's three miles. And, you know, I've gone down there and averaged really fast in the past. And um, so to pick to pick a loop that to put it into perspective. Two Sundays in a row now on this loop, my psychology has, you know, at certain points got to a place where it's like, oh, my God, this is too hot. This is too high. I'm too tired. And then I have to like. Like, I laugh, which is really nice because I didn't used to do that. My psychology used to just get carried away and, and go mad. But I laugh and then I say to myself, there's a reason that, you know, you're here. You're here because of all these reasons. So instead of like whining about it and instead of like feeling sorry for yourself, like you planned, you planned this hilly long run every Sunday to do this. You wanted this result. You wanted to be tired. You wanted to question yourself. You wanted to, you know, not necessarily be dehydrated. That's a bit, that's a bit extreme. But all the, all the feels, you could say, everything that I'm feeling, you know, tiredness, you know, tired legs, tired body, blah, blah, blah. I wanted all those feelings. And that's why I planned the long run. And so that's kind of the story of the buildup. Um, Interestingly, the track stuff's going really well. Um, you know, Haas was super impressed by a track session I did last week. Um, but the guy I'm training with, Matt, he handles the longer stuff better than I do. Um, and so, like, we complement each other really well. I've been able to, you know, pull him through some of the, like, tougher track days. And then he's been able to help me 
on some of the sort of longer um, efforts on the road or or some of the longer stuff um, on like Sunday, like that long run that we just did. Um, and it's amazing, like Sunday just gone by at like, at like mile seven, it was me sort of pushing the pace and it was me feeling really good. And then, and then by like mile 12, I was knackered and it just, I just got like, it's almost like I got a stitch on either side. And I don't know if it was the fluids I was drinking or, you know, that might be an excuse. I might have actually just got tired. Like I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not really an excuse person. And I know it could happen on race day. So you just have to deal with it. But fuck me. I just went from feeling like, really comfortable and and like feeling good at the sort of effort that we were running at you know it was like I said it was me sort of pushing the pace and then we got to mile seven to the jeep and I took a big drink and I actually said to Matt you know like hey like sorry I've been pushing the pace and you guys will understand this like it's almost like when you when you feel weakness and it's not weakness but when you when you sense that somebody's tired, the natural thing to do, I think anyway, the natural thing to do is to like push. And that's just what I do. Like in a race, if I think someone's tired, I push and I try to like get rid of them. Um, But I actually said to him, hey, like, you know, sorry, I was doing that. Like, let's just run together. I kind of want, remember that if, if you're training with somebody, you want to build a good training relationship. And the right way to do that is to support each other. So if you're having a bad day, you want them to support you. And if they're having a bad day, you should support them. And so I actually thought Matt was struggling a bit and that I, you know, hypothetically would have to support him. Um, and then sure, four mile later, I was the one struggling. <laughs> and so he had to support me. Um, and I was actually laughing. I was thinking, God, it's good that I sort of like built this truce in mile seven. Um, but yeah, I think that I tried a different drink and um, I had added a bit more sodium to it because I thought it would help with the sweat. And yeah, I think it um, like it was just pure sodium chloride and um, like a, a S science and sport carbohydrate drink. And for whatever reason, it just felt like it built. It's either it was either the drink or when I woke up this morning, I kind of still have two kind of stitches and the other the other um answer could be that when you're running uphill a bit more because i'm fucking stretching them right now when you run uphill a bit more you work your hip flexors a lot and what can actually happen is if you're working your hip flexors too much um both your um what's called your psoas both your psoas muscles can get really tight and if both your psoas muscles get really tight it can affect your breathing a little bit. So your diaphragm can tighten up a little bit. So you could have just been, what might have happened is you're at fucking 8,000 feet. You're, you're already out of breath. And, and then, yeah, maybe like something physical's going on where, you know, I bet when I get treatment today, both my psoas will be really, really tight. And, and that could be a very simple answer. Um, but like I say, these, these things happen in races. So, um, we don't, we don't live in, and I'm going to say, we don't live in an excuse world anymore. So there's no excuses. There's simply limitations, things that might potentially hold you back. And you need to figure those limitations out. So if you're on a run and you struggle and it's something physical, 
um, and then you do nothing about it, don't expect in your next race for it not to become a problem. So what it means for me is um, it probably shows that I haven't been in the gym. And the reason I haven't been in the gym is because I hurt my back a little bit. And because I hurt my back a little bit, I was avoiding the gym. And I think that's that's a very fair that's a very fair reason to avoid back activities. But, you know, I still could have been doing hip flexor stuff. I still could have been doing glute stuff. I still could have been doing core stuff. And so I think what what I've been seeing on a Sunday, if you if you go and do a long run and it's a hilly long run and, you know, the ground underfoot is like the 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 this whole fucking run is a joke. Like it's soft dirt. There's big stones. It's hilly. Oh, it just hurts you in a lot of different ways. And the, that's why I do it, because it, you know, really hurts you. But basically what it's done is it's highlighted quite a few weaknesses. So it's sort of, you know, highlighted that um, my core probably isn't as strong as it needs to be. Um, and, and, you know, hip flexors and psoas. And they're the first things if you have a weak core hip flexors and psoas are the first things that are going to break down because they're basically overworking and they're overworking because your glutes aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing and your abs aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing and so if you watch my gym video you're going to think like that I'm really strong and in some areas I am really strong but I tend to neglect the really basic stuff which is like core which is like maybe like a glute um circuit you know which is like clams which is um like just just the basic boring you know hip thrusts and um, glute bridges single leg glute bridges the kind of the kind of stuff you do that brings about a decent control and i bet if i was standing like straight right now my pelvis would be rotated so that my arse is basically sticking out and and that happens when your lower abs are weak and your hip flexors are weak. So what happens is your hip flexors are overworking and it starts to pull your arse up into the air. And instead of you standing quite neutrally with your hips forward and your, you know, your pelvis in line, you end up standing with your arse sticking out because it, it's just kind of got that way because of tight hip flexors and it's all a sequence, you know, it happens as a sequence of events. And um, so I probably need to get back to doing some very basic, see like Pilates, like Pilates is genius for things like this. And it can really pull everything back into a nice neutral position. Um, and, and like I say, I bet that, so when I'm running up the hills, it's not that, it's not that my glutes don't want to work. It's probably just that my technique and the way, where my body's at, if there is a bit of a tilt, they're just not really in a position to work. And so I'm probably running up these hills using all hip flexors rather than um, sharing the workload between glutes, hip flexors, calves, etc., etc. So um, I think it's a nice reminder. What I might actually do, it's very easy to get greedy um, for mileage. I ran 100 and six miles last week and it's my first time over a hundred mile a week in ages and you can get a bit greedy with that but the last two weeks have actually been my biggest mileage 94 and 106 but they've been really untidy when it comes to yoga core 
the little gym stuff. And actually, those things are probably way more important than doing 15 mile a week more than what you usually do, because those are the things that keep your body moving. I'm really, really fit right now. But when I see videos of myself running, I'm not happy with how it looks. And so I need to tidy a few things up. Running is way more than just fitness. And you want to be moving well. You want to be feeling like you're moving well. And you don't want things holding you back. And I don't believe in um, the model of, you know, for eight weeks, I'm just going to nail my body, train really, really hard. And then for two weeks, I'll freshen up. I think sometimes it can get a bit too late. So this week and next week, I'm probably going to try to tidy things up a little bit and get back to the basics. And um, I still have plenty of time to tidy things up, you could say, whereas some people leave it a bit too late. Um, but look, I, I hope you gained something out of today. I'm, I'm in a, a real good spot. Um, I'm still ahead of, you know, the London prep, but it did get really tough over the next few weeks in, in font and you know, we, we did things up there that I probably simply won't be able to replicate because it was there was probably 10 people on the track doing a session and, and I just sat in the middle and, and grinded, you could say. Same as on a Sunday, you know, there was four, three or four of us, um, maybe me, Ben Connor, Bashir Abde, Mo Farah, maybe broke away from the long run group and, and really pushed each other. And so, like I said, with it being a higher altitude and hotter and, and just a different circumstance, I might not be able to do some stuff like that. But um, I'm hoping because it's been a, a much longer and cleaner buildup. You know, I think for 12 weeks, I've averaged about 85 mile a week. It's been very clean. There's been track stuff. There's been fartlek stuff. There's um, it's, it's been a really clean buildup. And versus, you know, the buildup for London and Larn was very scrappy for like six weeks it sucked and then for like six weeks it was really really hard and then for three weeks I tapered um so hopefully smarter build up um but if I take a step back from that it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't really matter you're you're waking up each day you're doing what you can you're doing what you think is right you're giving it you know your maximum effort and you can't you can't always predict how the body will respond to different training, to different buildups, to you know, to different psychology, to different mental happiness, to different. You, all you can do is give it your all, and you show up on race day and you give it a go. I had no idea I was going to leave Font Rameau and you know be fit enough to run sixty-one minutes or you know two o eight or two o nine for a marathon. I had no idea. I just worked my ass off flew back to sea level and was like, whoa, I'm really fit. And so that's all we can do. Don't don't get too caught up in this buildup needs to create X fitness. You'd like it to create X fitness, PB fitness, et cetera, et cetera. But we're human and, and you know, sometimes it doesn't always work out that way. So I'm doing everything I can on a day to day basis. You know, I'm the 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 house fucking makes fun of me because it at 8 p.m. every night I put a movie on and then 10 minutes later I go upstairs to bed. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really dialed in with everything that, you know, I can control. Um, but at the end of the day, you just have no idea if that will um, translate to the result that you want. But, you know, we'll find out soon enough. So, um, look, thanks for listening, guys. Take care. Scully.